Welcome to the Run for PRs podcast. This is your host, Victoria Phillippe. The Run for PRs podcast was created to give away the secrets to transform your training to reach your goals. We ask all the expert run coaches and athletes the questions that you've been dying to know the answers to. We will get the inside scoop on what really makes you the best athlete that you can be. Have you ever seen a fast runner and wonder, wow, how did they get so fast? Well, then this podcast is for you. We are going to do a deep dive to reveal the secrets to reaching your potential as a runner. Hey, Mary, I'm so glad to have you on the show. I cannot wait to dive into how you qualified for Boston for the first time and transitioned into Ironman training and then went on to run the Boston Marathon after finishing your Ironman. So... I'd love to hear about your background in the sport, and we can first dive in and talk about how you ran in high school. You did like the 200, 400 meter sprinters, and then you got back into it after graduating college because you didn't run in college at all. Yeah, so I was a sprinter in high school. I mostly focused on the 200 and the 400. Um, I was probably the second or third best sprinter on our team. We had one girl who was a total beast, and she would place at state and D1 and she was super good. Um, but I did go to state in the four by 200 and the four by 400, um, with her as our anchor. So that was fun. Um, and then my junior year of high school, our cross country coach approached me and she just figured that the, um, the longer distances would help me as a 400 runner. So I ended up running cross country, my junior and senior year, um, I actually ended up being the captain my senior year, which was fun. And I was probably the fifth fastest on the cross country team. So, wow. yeah. So you went, to like a, you went to like a smaller school. Or, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. And we had, we probably had three really, really good runners and then it just kind of trickled off and I was kind of one of the um, probably middle of the pack in a race. Um, right. Do you I know was, what type of times you used to run when you were there? It's so funny. Cause I was just thinking about that and I can barely remember, but I want to say I was running like, uh, maybe like a 17 minute 4k. Okay. So I don't even know what pace that comes out to be, but that type yeah, of time. Maybe like a 23 out. minute 5k. I think that's yeah, close to. So Not like sure. nothing crazy. And I, right. and I think I was just never into it. I never loved the distance, but I just kept thinking about track season, how track would come around and how I would get faster. And it did. It honestly, it definitely helped me in the 400. I mean, I remember just a lot of comments of, oh my gosh, is cross country helping you with track? And I, and I'd be like, God, I think so. Like, that's the only thing I've changed. So yeah, the 400 is such a tricky distance. It's like that sprinting and it's also aerobic. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. So after high school, I um, was obviously going to college and my main motivator for staying running was just to not gain the freshman 15. Like that was my main goal. I'm like, I should maybe start running. And I'm like, well, I did run cross country. Like I can, you know, I can run out, you know, I can just go run three miles here, four miles there. So I kind of started doing that. And I went to um, the University of Wisconsin lacrosse for two years, actually, my freshman and sophomore year. Oh, I didn't realize that. And yeah, yeah. So I went there for two years and um, just ran like some local 5Ks here and there. And I actually ran a couple of 5Ks at like, I don't know, maybe like 20 minutes, 30 seconds, 21 minutes, which I thought was pretty good in comparison to what I was running in high school. So I thought, oh, maybe I do have something here. 
Yeah, that's super fast. I'm surprised you didn't want to like run cross country at lacrosse. I know their team right. is pretty fast, but with those so, times. Yeah. And actually what's funny is I started thinking about joining the cross country team there, but then I ended up just having a change of heart and wanting to transfer to the university of Minnesota. So I, I just kind of figured I wasn't good enough to run at the U, even though right. I'm, sure, I'm sure I probably could have, I would have been like a back of the packer type person, but um, I just decided not to. And so I ended up doing the Minnesota running club. They're just, they do like the cross country club meets and stuff. So I did that. Um, and that was fun just cause I got to meet a lot of people, but I ended up, um, really getting burned out from that because I was running with the guys during like our easy runs Ooh. and doing like our workouts. So I was running pretty consistently. I was running like six or seven miles at seven minute pace for my easy running. Wow. Like, it was bad. And you can imagine that after a few weeks of that, or it was probably like a few months, I got super burned, burned out. out. And I just quit the club cold turkey. <laughs> wow. It was bad. And so I would like, avoid. I knew where they met at five o'clock every day. I would like avoid that area because I didn't want them to see me because I was just embarrassed that I quit. Right. But, but I just, I was like, I literally, I can't keep doing this. And there was quite a few girls that were running easy pace at like 10 minute miles. And obviously looking back, I should have been running with them. But I just had this like chip on my shoulder and thought, oh, I'm right. I'm good enough to run with these guys. Whatever, <laughs> well, whatever. you are fast enough to oh, run with them, but just like the pace, it's but, such an yeah. extreme from like seven to 10. Like if there would have been someone in between, I bet it would have been a good fit. Did they exactly. have a coach at all? That was we, we did. Yeah. And we did two workouts a week with him. So wow. those were always good, but just that in between easy running was just Tough. bad. Yeah. So yeah, I ended up just quitting cold turkey and then I just kind of found my way to like the stairmaster and the elliptical and I just kind of did that for a while and just didn't I don't know I I just was not interested in the sport just because I had gotten so burned out which I know a lot of people can can identify with that so yeah wow so yeah. <laughs> no that's that speaks volumes because it's like you were only doing that for a few months running and that would be about, for people listening, maybe like 30 to 45 seconds per mile slower than your 5K pace. Right. So it's not like it's a super challenging pace for you, but it is not your easy pace. And so no. doing that and showing how it forced you to take months off of training and it kind of left you with like a sour taste in your mouth of all running is hard and it's not enjoyable, which is really interesting because – one of the things that really stood out to me about you as an athlete when you started working with me maybe a couple of years after this was that you followed the plan like to a T. <laughs> like when it said yes. easy, you went like 9, 9.30, 10-minute pace. Oh, for sure. And it was such a new concept for me to run so slow. But I loved it because I realized that's kind of the, the trick to not getting burned out because that was the thing that I was trying to avoid and I had, I had actually attempted to train for a couple marathons kind of throughout college. And I would get to like a 10 mile run. And I just hated it because I just, I couldn't understand the concept of like wanting to run slower. And I just didn't understand what that meant. And so finally working with you, I realized that's, that's the key to, to sticking with the sport and getting better. So. Wow. Yeah, that's amazing. And I feel like sometimes people can get away with it to a certain degree when they're kind of newer in the sport or, 
But in order to like reach that next level, you really have to focus on keeping those easy days easy. And that's really what helped you propel yourself from, you know, where you were stuck in that 10 mile range of wanting to bust out and run a couple marathons and eventually run a BQ time. Right. So, so kind of going back to that, that time when I kind of quit cold Turkey and just kind of went on the elliptical for a few months, um, kind of during that break, I ended up meeting my coworker at my college job, um, who's now my husband. Oh. <laughs> and he at the time was training for his first Ironman. And I, I had no idea what that was. I mean, I had maybe known what a triathlon was, but I had no idea what an Ironman was. And so I'm asking him what that even was. And I'm like, oh, did you run in high school? Are you a biker? Like, and he's like, no, I just decided to sign up for one and just started doing like Olympic distance and half Ironman distances. And I was like, well, what the heck? I used to be a fairly decent runner. How have I never, how did I not know this was a a thing? How did I not know about road racing and this whole world? So I signed up for a half marathon in, it was, I think it was going to be four weeks after the date that I signed up. And, um, I ended up running like maybe 12 miles a week before just to see if I could run the distance because isn't that the smart thing to do (laughs) for the first time ever run the distance (laughs) a week before you're going to do the race. Uh. (laughs) I did. And I actually ended up running my first half marathon in 139. Oh my gosh. That's so fast. I felt like was pretty good and I felt pretty happy with that. And I didn't have a, a super big need to lower the time, but I just, I wanted to see if I could even run that far. So, so that was kind of the first step of me, um, kind of getting my passion back and getting back into it. So thanks to my husband. Yeah. When was that? What year? That would have been 2012, I think. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I think 2012. Wow. Yep. And then your husband, he went on to do his first Ironman and then how many has he done he's done four now yeah wow mm-hmm. yeah so he definitely kind of inspired you to get into the Ironman <laughs> he distance. did and I actually don't I don't even think and not even the Ironman distance I mean he inspired me to get back into like long distance running and I, I don't even know that he knows that so <laughs> it's kind of funny <laughs> yeah. hopefully he listens no, yeah hopefully yeah uh, so, and then you started working with me and it must've been 2016. So this is like four years later. And I yeah. feel like you had the same half PR when you started. I think, yeah, I did. That was still like my PR. Yeah. So, so funny. You- my first half marathon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what did you do in those four years between? Um, I, I think tried to train for a couple marathons and ended up hating the training and just stopping because I had no idea what I was doing. And then I ended up doing Twin Cities Marathon in October 2015. And that's when I ran like a 348 for my first marathon. Um, and my, my training was absolutely awful. Like I think I, my longest run was like 14 miles, <laughs> like my training run. And so when I was running um, Twin Cities, I got to mile 15. And I was like, this is the farthest I've ever ran. And then I got to mile 16. I'm like, wait, no, this is the farthest. And I kept going. I'm like, this is so cool. I never thought I could run this far. And so I got to the end and I was not tired at all. Like I felt super good and I was so excited to run another one. I was just Oh, wow. Yeah, Yeah. that's awesome. That's such a good first experience. And then the summer of 2016 is when we started working together. 
you wanted to train for half PR and then go on to maybe see if you could qualify for Boston, which a lot of people think, oh, you know, in the 340s, and you had to take about would have been at the time like 13 minutes off of your time which doesn't sound like a lot to some people but that's like that's 30 seconds per mile that's a lot and right you ended up not only taking the 13 minutes but you did what like eight an 18 minute pr or something yeah Yeah. so you took it down to 330 yeah what was your training like then and like what advice do you give to people Oh my gosh. Well, I think I only reached out to you maybe two months before Twin Cities, October 2016. So I was kind of doing my own thing from, I maybe started training in like May and then reached out to you in like end of July, August. Yeah. So, which you probably thought I was crazy. You're like, honey, you, (laughs) girl, maybe do that in two months. Like, (laughs) what are you thinking? I was like, we'll see what we can do. (laughs) We'll see. Like, hopefully I don't break her heart. But, um, but I was actually doing some decent training. Um, but but again, that whole concept of running easy on easy days, that was completely new for me. And I still think to this day is a game changer. So to anybody listening, really, really take that seriously when your coach gives you pace ranges for your easy pace. Take it seriously. And I know it's it's boring. It can be boring. Um but just put a podcast on. Don't listen to pump up jams. You know, put the Drake away. Put the Lil Wayne away. Oh yes, <laughs> put the rap away. The, put it away because it'll pump you up, and that's not what no. you need on that day. Yeah. So, so that is just my that's my so main true. thing. You know, listening to podcasts helps so much on my easy days. Or thinking it. of it as like a walk. I know some of my athletes say, "Oh, well, that feels like a walk," and I'm like, "That's how easy run should feel. It yes, should feel I like know. it's a walk." <laughs> And I really, um, I really do think that your, your stride will feel a little weird. And, Mm -hmm. and I, and now, I mean, it doesn't feel weird, but at first it did. And I thought, thought, what is this? But, but Hey, you know, it's, it's a game changer. So that's a, that's a good PSA for everyone listening. And you just ran a half marathon at like 650 pace. And what do you do most of your easy runs at? Um, I'm usually between 8.30 and 9 pace. So, yeah. Yeah. Like, I regularly see, like, 9xx, like, 9 yep. minutes something. So that's, what, two over two minutes per mile slower than right. your half pace. Right. And what's funny <laughs> is, yeah, exactly. And honestly, some days that doesn't feel that easy. I right. mean, because you're hammering on those hard days. I mean, last week I was running 400s at, like, 550 pace. Like, oh that's gosh, a yep. hard, hard workout. And the next day, yeah, I was running nine minute pace and it, I mean, my heart rate was still like 140, which is where you want to be, but I, it wasn't, you know, to go any faster wouldn't have felt good. Right. Like your so, legs are just so trashed almost yeah, from those workouts. And yep. just kind of getting your mind around the fact that you don't need to have a hard workout every day and you're, you're not supposed to, and you shouldn't feel like you're just dying every day, mm-hmm. you know? So true, especially because I mean, you run like six days a week right now, or five, yeah, five to yep, six, five. yeah, yeah, five to six, yeah, yeah. And so, mm-hmm. just when you build that mileage, it becomes like even more important. Yeah, for sure. So after you ran your three thirty marathon and qualified for Boston, this was back in twenty sixteen. Yep. Most people that I coach who qualify for Boston for the first time will be like, "Yes, yes, I'm going to run another marathon in the spring," or you know, it'll be like they they get really high on it and they want to do another and they want to see how much time they can take off. But what I thought was really interesting about you, I, I was like reaching back out and you're like, 
oh, I think I'm going to train for an Ironman. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, wow, that's that's different, but it was really cool and inspiring to watch. Yes. And I wasn't even sure you were going to do it because it was yes, so Yeah, because you're like, what even is that? Yeah. Yeah, and then yes. you did it. So tell us about that. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, so I qualified in October 2016 for Boston at the Twin Cities Marathon. And at the time, just because it's so funny because I've run, been running my whole life, but I just didn't even realize that a person could get much faster than a 330. I, I had no idea about this world of road running and getting faster and time qualifiers. Like I just didn't even know. So I realized, or I just figured I'll run this 330 and then I'm kind of, I don't know, done with done, the marathon. Yeah. Like that's just, that's like the end goal, right? Like I'll run Boston, but that'll be it. Right. So that was kind of where my head was at. And my husband at the time, I think he had done three Ironmans and he really, really wanted me to do one with him. Hmm. And at the time we weren't married or engaged and he told me that he'd pay for my ticket in, which is super expensive for the yeah, Ironman. Yeah, like $1,000 or something. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And I was like not about to put that down to <laughs> kill myself for 14 hours. So he, he said he'd uh, pay for that for me. And I ended up needing a bike. And I mean, my... Oh my gosh, yeah. I mean, just I'm literally... <laughs> starting from zero and I'm like I don't even I I don't even know so um but I figured the timing would work out just because I qualified October 2016 and I wouldn't be able to run Boston until April 2018 right so I figured I had this big chunk of time to do something and so we had signed up for Ironman Wisconsin in September 2017 so um we ended up having to defer that and transfer it to Ironman Louisville because I ended up being in a wedding that weekend but oh um, I was so wondering we, why yeah. you guys did Louisville yeah yep. that makes sense so yeah so we did Ironman Louisville in October um and my training was it was absolutely awful I mean if you were to look back at it you'd be like no way is this girl gonna finish I mean I was swimming I'm not kidding you I was swimming like once every other week or maybe oh, once no. a week I was biking once a week and I was swimming like, or, and I was running like twice a week. I mean, my longest training run for it was maybe 15 miles. My longest bike was like 70 and my longest swim was one mile. Oh, so your longest swim was a mile. Yes. So <gasps> any outside person looking at my training would say, yep, that's a DNF. Like, I mean, <laughs> anybody would look at my training and say, there's no way this girl is going to finish an Ironman. And that's 140.6 miles. Like oh she gosh. hasn't even, she hasn't no. even touched that distance yeah. yet. So were you yeah. nervous going into the race? Oh, you have no idea. Oh I was so, I was so nervous. Like I, I had done a half Ironman in, I think, August. So a couple oh, months before. Oh yeah, like beforehand. Chicago. I think yeah. I was looking. Okay, I looked at yep. your training log before yep. this interview, and I was like, mm, I'm gonna scour yeah. like what it looks yeah. like. Oh, not good. Not good. Oh, my gosh. Um, so, so, yeah. I mean, I did a couple, like, brick workouts here and there. So, right. I would get on the bike, and then I would run after. But I only did that, like, four or five times. I mean. Right. Like, not was... enough for, like, an Iron Man. Like, that's the no. king of kings of the no. triathlon. So, let's back yeah. it up here. Let's take it back to, like, the winter. Like, this time two years ago. Yeah. That would have yeah. been, like, when you – got the idea to do an Ironman yes. so you have basically nine months of training so you're thinking mm, I have time right yeah and right. you decide okay I got to get a bike I got to learn how to swim right yeah you got the yep. running down so yep got the running down as far as swimming goes like how what's your background with swimming like when you were a kid did you take lessons or <laughs> 
no oh my gosh I mean yes I can doggy paddle like right, like right. I can keep my head above water for you know 20 minutes like if someone threw you in the pool yes, you could like get like, out <laughs> I wouldn't sink but it, it would not be good so um our gym had a pool and this was yeah winter of you know 2016 2017 and I made it one length of the pool and oh I thought I was gonna die I and I was like asking my husband next to me I'm like how how many like laps how many lengths would it be oh. for 2.4 and I don't know he said, bad some, question some, some astronomical number like a hundred or something. right like, two, like, like I mean 130 just, just like an insane amount and I'm like there's no way Ben like I can't I physically will not be able to do this and right he was there every step of the way, you know, cheering me on and you'll be fine. And my whole thing was that every time I'd stick my face in the water, like I would just get, my nose would just flood with water. Right. And I'm like, I kept saying, I'm like, I think my nose is shaped weird. Like water is <laughs> going up my nose. Like, I don't know what's happening. Like It's so hard to learn how to like breathe in the water. Yes. Like I would ask people, okay, I, I understand, you know, how to swim, like quote unquote, like you're not going to die in the water, but like, how do you swim with your face in the water? And like, yes. you breathe up, like you're just, you just need yes. to breathe for one second and then put your face completely back in the water. So hard. And it I is. was convinced that I needed a nose plug, like all oh, of this wow. stuff. And he was super supportive. He's like, well, maybe after a couple more tries, like maybe we do right. need to get to the nose plug, like whatever. Oh and I gosh. was, I had like the worst goggles too. They were just, they oh, didn't fit my face like very well. Leaking and stuff. Leaking and fogging up and just everything. I mean, so it was just a horrible first few months. And it's it's just funny how, like anything, the more you keep at it, the easier it gets. And especially with swimming, it at some point it just kind of clicks. Right. And it just it just clicks, and you just start to be able to go for longer and longer and longer. And to a point, like my husband told me, if you can swim a mile, you can swim two miles. That's what he kept saying. Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't understand that because I was equating it to running and I'm like, well, if I can run 13 miles, like I can't maybe run 26.2. Like that's so different. Right. But for some reason with the swim, like it, it did it actually Right. Work. Like yeah. consistently doing a mile. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. So how long did it take you to build up from like, is like, couldn't even put your face in the water to like swimming a mile without stopping? Oh, well, my first triathlon ever I did in June 2017, and I had to get pulled from the water from a safety boat. <gasps> so, yeah. Did you so, really? Yep. So that was my first triathlon experience. What, I what happened? From water. Well, it was super choppy, and it was my first time wearing my wetsuit. Oh, my god! And it was my first time swimming in open water. So I had, like, three things stacked against me. And, yeah, so I was kind of trying to do a practice swim before the race started. And I, I'm like, oh my God, I don't think I can do this. This is insane. Like this water's nuts. And, um, where was so it? This was in, is it the uh, Liberty try? Yes. I think oh so. Oh my gosh. Yes. That's exactly the, the one that was. Right. And yeah, I, I maybe made it like a half mile and I wasn't that's even so pretty, pretty far, but yeah, it, it was, yeah, it was fairly, I felt pretty good about it, but I just, I couldn't even Was it like constrictive going. like with the yes the wetsuit yeah yes it was just everything was awful and I was barely putting my face in the water I was just kind of doggy paddling and um, oh that is that wow. yeah that takes so much out of you so I just ended up you take your cap off and that kind of signifies that you need help 
And so I did that and I was like, yep, I'm done. And so you got like pulled from your first yes. triathlon. Yes. How, like, what a confidence oh. killer going and thinking, oh, I have an Ironman in, you know, three and a half right. months. Yeah. I, I was completely demoralized. I had, I had zero confidence that I'd be able to do it. Um, but somehow something in me said that I can still do this. So I ended up doing, I think a sprint triathlon just to take it back a little bit and just do like a a quarter mile swim and just see if I could do that. And I got through that just fine. And so my confidence kind of came back up and then I did the half Ironman at the end of August, which ended up just fine. So, and I actually, the water was too warm that day to wear a wetsuit because they, Oh, so you didn't even wear it it during my half Ironman. So that gave me a ton Hmm. of confidence because I, I figured if I can do a mile swim without a wetsuit, I can do 2.4 without a wetsuit. So that was, that was, that was big for me. So did you wear a wetsuit in your Ironman? Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, you did? Okay. Were you, like, nervous to go two and a half or 2.4 in a wetsuit? Um, yeah, kind of. And also, the one that I had been training in was way too big for me. So I ended up renting one from, um... I think, like, now bikes or something like that. I rented one. Oh, yeah. And so during the Ironman was my first time wearing that new wetsuit. Oh, geez. And so we can get into that if you want to talk. Did you ever, like, panic? I mean, because I know, like, people's foot like are in your face and yes. stuff and they swim over you and how do you approach like an mm-hmm. open water swim? Um, I would say I kind of would always start towards the back so I didn't have to deal too much with right. my face and all that but yeah you do definitely get smacked and it just kind of startles you and you kind of just mm-hmm. look up and look around and you know it's it tends to be fine but but yeah I panicked during the Ironman because it was a rolling start and you could kind of just see everybody funneling through going down to the river and into the water and you just kind of jumped off of this dock and (laughs) so just the idea of looking at this water realizing that you're going to be exercising for the next 13 to 15 hours I mean it's just really kind of a scary intimidating and so I jumped into the water and immediately panicked. I couldn't breathe. Mm. And I, I thought it was because my wetsuit was too tight. But thankfully, again, my husband's there just kind of supporting me. And he's like, you know, I, I think it's just the idea that you've never swam 2.4. Like, you're just kind of panicking. Let's just sit here. Let's just tread water. We'll be fine. We'll be fine. And so after about five minutes of paddling, I I said, okay, let's do this. Let's go. And I, I was literally s- five seconds away from just jumping out and not doing it because I I was wow. just that nervous but right like the racing nerves oh, like a whole nother whole level, nother level sure. just Whoa. never <laughs> so many variables yes, there's just there's just Man. so much going on it's not you know at the start line and you just start running it's like no you got to swim and then you got to do transition and then Ugh. like and there's just so much going on so I got through it though and actually the yeah, you did really the well. Swim, the swim. You went fast. It was probably my, was my best leg. I mean, really? yeah, like just in terms of in terms of ease, in terms of confidence halfway through, I'm like, oh my gosh, we're already at like 1.2. I mean, I can for sure keep going. And just wow. in terms of everything, it was like the best leg of the entire the entire race. That's awesome. And I love how you basically like three and a half months earlier got pulled from yeah. – the water because like you couldn't swim or whatever and you have like zero swim yeah. experience but then that ends up being like the easiest part for you once you kind of get the hang crazy. of it but then 
the other day I was talking to you and we were talking about Ironmans and half Ironmans and you, everyone's like, well, the swimming's the hardest part. And no. you're like, nope. It's Mm-mm. not. It's not. <laughs> nope. The bike. The bike, Victoria. The bike. <laughs> oh, I, I've, I've only gotten on my bike once since the Ironman. <gasps> yep. I... So tell me about what it's like to ride with 112 miles. Oh, I mean, oh, there's just so much. First of all, clipping in is like a whole nother thing too. I mean, I've fallen off my bike in the middle of the street so many times. Like it's just. And you, have you clipped out when you fall? Oh, uh, like, well, at first I just, if you're lucky. I, yeah, right. At first I would just forget <laughs> that I was clipped in. Like I, I would forget and I would just you know, be taking my feet off my bike and no, I would be clipped in. So I would just follow her. So that was a whole thing to get used to. Um, Right. Yeah. Just, oh my gosh. And it's so hard to clip in. Like I have my bike on a trainer in my basement and this is the first time I've ever clipped and clipped out and on a, like on a stand, it can be difficult. So I can't imagine like being on the road and trying to like coordinate clipping both of you. And it sounds ridiculous to someone who doesn't bike. Like, why would you clip your I know. Like, what even is this? I know. It's it's nuts. (laughs) It's so true. Uh, So so when did you learn how to clip in? Oh, probably, let's see. Mm, Like, May, June, so like four or five oh months before the Ironman. Yeah, I mean, literally everything happened four or five months before. Like right then, <laughs> yeah. right. So, did you do, or were you planning on doing that first triathlon in June using your clip-ins? Yeah, I was. Yeah, you were. Yeah, so, it was gonna be like your first test. So round. you know, everything happens for a reason. Maybe some horrific accident would have happened if I would have made it to the bike. So hey, that's you know, true. It's, yeah, it's probably good that I got pulled from the swim. You never know. Yeah. And I like the story. It's just like a crazy story. I've never heard of that happening to yeah. someone. And then they come back and do it a full yeah. Ironman. Yeah. Like yeah. three months later. That's yeah. crazy. Started so from just the bottom. Goes to tell yeah. you. <laughs> right. Like you can learn how to swim even when you're, you know what, like 26 years I know. old, however old I you know. are. People yeah. People are so worried about the swim. And I just, I try to tell people it's not the thing to be worried it's about. It's bad. really not that bad. It mm-hmm. takes a lot of getting used to if you're not used to it. But once you do, I mean, that's why a lot of swimmers, I, I have a few swimmer friends and, you know, they're, they're so mad at the triathlon because the swim is the shortest portion. It is. You know? Yeah. And, I mean, only 90 minutes you're in the yes. water for, even if you're not a great exactly. swimmer for an Ironman. So it's just not, it's not as long. And I think that's like the best part. Exactly. Short, exactly. You know? So you, you kind of want to come into triathlon being a biker or a runner because being a swimmer. Definitely a biker. <laughs> yeah, definitely a biker. <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah being a swimmer it's like you have to learn how to run and bike because running I mean the, I feel like that's probably one of the harder parts to learn I mean it probably takes a long time yeah to, you know get used to, to running comfortable um, yeah for sure right but a lot of the people listening I'm sure that's already there right. <laughs> they're advanced exactly. at that but so back to the bike have you ever like fallen off your bike or gotten an accident um no accidents but yeah I've definitely fallen um we used to live mm-hmm. off of Summit Avenue in St. Paul, so we would bike on Summit, which is just an awful street to bike on just because there's yeah. cars parked, there's cars driving, like, so... Lots of stoplights. Stoplight. So I've fallen in the middle of the street and probably almost gotten hit a couple times. So bad. I mean, yeah. Yeah, Ooh. frightening. So, I mean, and once you get on the trail, it's fine, but... 
Right, like the green. Right, exactly. But yeah. once you're, you know, when you're on the street, it's just you have to be super, super alert, and you know, right? No it kind of drains you, doesn't it? Like, I mean, being out there doing those long rides, like, because you have to be you focused do. for so long mentally. Like, okay, I can't crash. I have to be. Was your upper body like yes. really sore from like just grabbing on with like anxiety yes. or fear? Your shoulders, your shoulders harbor so much of the oh. the stress of you know just trying to be alert. And so by mm-hmm. the end of a bike, you just your shoulders are in your ears, and it just you have to just like you know stretch it out for a while. And right, like, is it scary like going on up and down the hills? Yeah. Like, do people go really fast? Yeah. Well, I, I that's the one thing I hate especially is going down hills. Just and especially being clipped in, like you're attached to this this oh vehicle, basically. And I just I hate going down hills. And that was the whole Ironman Louisville is just hills on hills. I mean, so many big hills, and then there's it was kind of a two loop course. So we had the pros passing us, and you get super no. close to these people, and it's and they're obviously going like 25 to 30 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. And it, yeah, it's the hills. That's always been the worst part that's for me. A- uh, so are you like a cautious rider like going down hills would you like break? Uh, yeah I think I've gotten a little bit more used to not Better, breaking yeah. as much but I'm not I'm definitely not like pedaling down a hill but right no me either I'm like petrified of like turns, yes, turns. and hills mm-hmm. I just well like uphill's fine because you're going slow but like downhill yep. mm, I'm not gonna be the person like pedaling going like 40 no. miles per hour mm-hmm. <laughs> that's not I not think happening. yeah the but, fastest I've ever gone was like maybe yeah 40 miles an hour down a hill and that is cooking and that is too that, fast that's fast <laughs> that, but those pros I mean oh. I bet they're going every hill down 40 miles yes, per hour at least faster. yeah uh, it's crazy that's mm-hmm. tough and then like the run afterwards I mean did you even really run or like were your legs completely trashed what did it feel <clears> like? yeah so well during the bike it started raining so and it was maybe 40 degrees so we were super super cold I mean, I, I could, that was the scariest part because we're going down these hills and I couldn't feel my hands. So I'm trying to break, but I can't really feel my hands. And so that was just scary. So putting on my running shoes, I realized that my feet were numb too. And I'm like putting new socks on, putting my running shoes on. And I'm like, oh my God, I cannot feel my feet. Like this is insane. (gasps) So for the first five miles of the marathon, I couldn't feel my feet, which wasn't the worst thing in the world. I mean, it was right. out, like <laughs> you're like I've been out here for so long. Yeah. <laughs> Something's got to go. And I think go. we were running 8 minute pace for the first few miles. Oh wow. And I actually felt decent. I mean, okay. I was yeah. so excited though just because I knew I could finish a marathon. So at that point, I knew I was going to finish this Ironman and I, you know, going into this race I didn't even know if I'd start or finish it. So so getting wow. to that point and knowing like I'm going to finish, you know, hell or high water, like I'm going to finish. So that was just awesome. And I was just kind of on a high from that just because it's, you know, oh my gosh, like 14 hours of exercise, 13 hours of exercise. Right. Like were you, was it still rainy? Were you still cold? Super cold, but I think the rain had stopped and there wasn't any wind. So I ended Mm. up kind of drying off and, um, and they, did you have enough layers? Like what were you No, I was just wearing my tri-suit actually. Yeah. So I was pretty exposed. (gasps) Yeah, Burn. but it's nice. They have so much food on the course of an Ironman, and it's every mile. So I was taking in a lot of hot chicken broth, which was really nice, oh, and that nice. kind of warmed yeah. me up. Um, so, yeah, so having all the food and all the aid stations, that was super nice. 
Were you passing a lot of people on the run? Probably? Yeah, yeah, I think we were. Yeah, I felt. Yeah, I remember just feeling. And then, good. at like the end, did you cramp up or anything, or you just felt not really? My husband did quite a bit. He was dealing with an IT band Ooh. issue, so he was kind of struggling with his knee, and he was walking through the aid stations. And I was like, "No, keep running! Like it hurts worse when you start walking. Like I right. just want to keep running." So I would kind of walk with him through the aid stations. And it's actually a two-loop course, six and a half miles, back six and a half miles, out six and a half, back six and a half. So it was just Ugh. mentally super draining. Exhausting. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, so then when you got to 13 miles, you saw some people veer off towards the finish, and then you had to go back out for another loop. Keep going. <laughs> yeah. No. So what did your finish time end up being? Um, total, it was, I think, 13, 15. So wow, like that's fast. Hours. I mean, for your first time, like, yeah, I felt crazy. pretty good. And I, my run would have been faster probably without my husband, um, just because obviously I was going to stick with them. But I yeah. think our, our marathon was four hours and fifteen minutes. That's so fast. yeah. That's pretty. I don't fast. even know what is that like ten nine <gasps> nine thirty. It's probably like nine thirty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. What does your husband normally do in Ironman if he was going to race it himself? His best is eleven thirty. Wow. Mm-hmm. So he's like a really good biker. He's a pretty good biker. His, That's yeah. probably his and then, best. So his runs are normally like in the fours or does he ever have one where he's like running like a 3.30 marathon um, or something? I think his fastest marathon was like three 3.58 or something like that. Wow. So That's for an Ironman. I mean, right? Fast. Yeah. It's, has he ever done like an open marathon or anything? No, and I want him to. But he's not super interested. Ah, that'll have to be the trade-off. I know. I mean, you you did an Ironman. Right. But we are doing a 50-mile in September. Did I tell you that? Oh, my gosh. No. Which one are you guys doing? The North Face Challenge in – Oh, North Face and yeah. Challenge. In southern Wisconsin. Oh. I've had an athlete do the 50K there. I It's it's fun, but it's, it's hilly. But Is it? Like, yeah, yeah. We'll have, to, yeah. we'll have to train those hills, that's for sure. That's exciting. <laughs> so, yeah. but, so he's going to do it with yeah, you? Yeah, so we're going to do that together. Wow. Yeah. Run together. You guys are such a cute, like, endurance couple. <laughs> right. Um, and then you're doing a marathon this year, too, right? Yep. So I have the New York City half coming up in March. And then the Milwaukee mm-hmm. Marathon in April, which is super hilly. So that's going to be an interesting race. I'm not sure. Train those hills. <laughs> you're know. ready. You're, I mean, yeah. you've ran Boston. Yeah. So. Like, I, I think I'm fairly strong on the hills, but – I think this is going to be even hillier than Boston, so oh, I'm yeah. not even yeah. sure what to. It's like Boston without the downhill. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it's kind of the opposite where the first 20 miles are hilly and then it kind of is downhill from there. So, so it'll be, yeah, I don't know, different than Boston for sure because Boston's right. kind of the opposite. Yeah. but So Boston this year, yeah. I don't know if you want to talk about oh, it. Oh, Yes. That was an experience. Oh, my goodness. And my training was absolutely awful because during the – or after the Ironman, I got an IT band injury as well. So my Boston training was half kind of coming back from that injury and then half just kind of trying to do enough to be able to get through a marathon. So I was probably only running like three times a week in prep for Boston. But right. Yeah. I mean, because even after doing the Ironman, I, I have some friends that do Ironman Wisconsin almost every year and then they try to do Boston. And usually like they have to take, you know, like basically they're not running at all hardly until January. Right. <laughs> and that doesn't really set you up for like the best no. Boston. No, but no, no. 
hey, I mean, it's definitely doable, but you still ran like pretty fast out there for not really yeah, training very I think much. I ran a 338, which in a hurricane within a hurricane which is pretty good oh my god of my training I think I think I had done like a 16 18 20 mile run but I was doing zero speed work I was I think I did one workout like one hill workout <laughs> did you guys go on your honeymoon over training too yes, and I went to okay. Indonesia for like two weeks so I wasn't yes. running at all when I was there because it was 100 degrees and like 100 percent humidity So, I mean, yes, my training was absolutely awful. It was just sporadic, but you had the base. I did, yeah. It's it's funny how I always tell people that, you know, that base is super important, even though you had to take however many months off for whatever reason, injury, pregnancy, anything. It's crazy how much that that base is, it's, you know. And it just comes back to you. It's not. It does. It really does. And I, that's the part that really surprised me. Like I thought I was going to maybe run like 350 at Boston just because my training was so bad. But yeah, I was pleasantly surprised. I know I get a lot of people that are like, well, I have to take a week off. Am I going to lose all my fitness? And it's like, no, No. (laughs) it doesn't, it doesn't work like that. It really doesn't. Even having to take, you know, three months off. Yeah, that, that's, sucks but I mean it it comes back way faster than you lose yeah um and you really don't lose that much I mean it's it's amazing yeah yeah your body will surprise you that is for sure so did you think Boston was hilly or what would you describe Boston Um, what was your experience there well I was kind of underwhelmed by the entire experience like I thought Mm. the um the start area was just kind of a cluster. Like I just, I don't know. And maybe it was just like, yeah, well, it was all mud. It was, was but it's literally this white tent outside of a high school. I mean, it's, I, it reminded me of elementary school. Yeah. (laughs) It reminded me of like a high school cross country meet. I mean, it was just kind of funny how underwhelming everything was at the start of the race and how they just kind of shuttle you towards the start. And you're in this tiny little town and, I don't know. I just, I was expecting something totally different. Um, right. That's kind of my experience too. I remember being on the buses my first year and it rained that year too, yeah. but I was looking around. I'm like, hmm? like, where what? are we? Like, you know, like this is the you Boston see all Marathon. these posts on Instagram and you hear everyone talk about Boston, Boston, and Boston's a big city. So if you're staying downtown, you're like, oh, it's Boston. Right. Then you go out in the middle of nowhere <laughs> and they're like, oh, okay, now you got to run to Boston. And it, I mean, it really was, it's, it's kind of in the middle of it seems like you're in the middle yeah, of yeah like you're nowhere close to downtown and Mm-mm. so yeah I and I had known that the first several mile miles were kind of downhill so I prepared myself for that and tried to take it easy but it's hard you know just knowing that it's Boston and you're going well and everyone's so fast, so fast. there's no one slow so if you start like where you're supposed to in the starting line because they seed you and all that everyone's going to go exactly the pace that like you qualified for your marathon at. I mean, there's no, there's no wiggle room. Cause I, right. I started off, I'm like, I want to start at eight thirty pace, yep. but my seed was like seven fifty. Right. And, um, yeah. So eventually after two miles, I was running alone. Yeah. There was no one there. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> well, and I think there, there probably wasn't as many spectators out there. I mean, there was a ton of spectators, but there wasn't probably as many as there is on a nice day. No. So that yeah, was kind the of, rain kept people away. Kind of sad, yeah. Just not having that many people. And then getting to the hilly portion, I, I don't know. It's so funny where when I thought it was going to be heartbreak hill, that was like three hills before heartbreak. 
Yup. And I I was running with my friend and I was like, I'm pretty sure this is heartbreak. She's like, no, I don't think this is it because I don't think that's till mile 21. I was like, wait, what? (laughs) Yeah. How is that? I'm like, this this hill is huge. It's brutal. It should be like heartbreak hills. Yes. I mean, <laughs> you know, because there's four of them or five or the new. Right. Hills, and looking yeah. at an elevation map, it, it, I don't know. Elevation maps are so skewed, I feel. It's so hard to judge yep. what the marathon's going to feel like based off of that. I was surprised map. looking at the map and then going to do it the first time, how many hills there were even in the beginning. Because it looks straight downhill, True. but there's like giant hills. I mean, it's a net downhill, but it's not like you're going down a mountain. Right, and that's what people say about CIM too, right? Mm-hmm. It yeah, is... it was pretty much the same. It was the same as Boston, except for like, it was just the first six miles of Boston the entire time. So why do much. people say it's such a fast marathon then? I mean, it is fast. I mean, if you race it right, you don't go out too yeah. fast, and you can use the downhill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not like a downhill marathon. Like you'll have a good downhill, and then you'll have like an up okay. that's not as big, and then a down and okay. up. But it's literally always either up or down. Oh, okay. So if you don't train for hills, you're just kind of setting yourself up right, for failure right, there. Right, yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. I know. It's crazy how some people think Boston is like a PR course too, which Mm. I guess, I mean, it could Could be. be. Some people PR there and that's awesome, but I think it's just one of those that you go for the experience. For sure. (laughs) I was not trying. And I never, I think if I ever did Boston again, it would never be something I'd train for to try to PR. It's just. Right. It's more just for fun. It's like celebrating. Yeah. 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 Like I do the training, but you know, whatever happens, happens kind of course. Right. Exactly. Um, and then the weather is always unpredictable, like this year, hurricane. You right. Know. <laughs> I know. I mean, it could be 90 or it could be 30 and rain. I mean, you just right. And when everyone puts all their eggs in one basket, like gearing for that race, like that's great. But just know oh. that it could be. It's like an unpredictable. I remember one year I had like hot races every single marathon oh. I did. And someone commented on my post and I was kind of annoyed by it. But they were like, then why are you doing races where it could be hot? <laughs> You should pick pick a race that's in a cold area in a cold time of year. And I was like, you know what? Oh, gosh. As rude as that sounded, I was like, that that makes sense. I'm never going to – if I have a goal race, I'm not going to risk it and go somewhere where it could be hot. That is true. You know? Like, I mean, I'd rather have super cold than super hot. And yep. I just – Like Houston this winter, or this oh, weekend. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yep. Was it was like, like 35. Oh, yeah. And I had some people that were nervous. They're like, oh, my gosh, it's going to be so cold. <laughs> like, you're going to be fine. It's going to be no, awesome. No, you're going to have 35, no wind and sun. Trust me, that is uh, perfect. Ideal. That is exactly what you want for 26.2. Yeah. yeah. So that was fun watching people in Houston. Yeah, that's awesome. But I thought it was interesting how you said you had a friend that was named Boston with you. Yeah, yeah. One of my good friends that I met um, at the University of Minnesota Running Club. She doesn't live here anymore, but we occasionally do fun races like this together. So, and we're exactly the same pace, which is awesome. Oh, really? Yeah. Did she run with the guys? Oh, yeah. It was me and her and then um, a couple other girls, but the, the other girls, they're like 250 marathoners. So they rightfully oh should be gosh. running seven minute pace was their easy pace, but Right. Yeah, and we, we both got burned out at the same time, and we both quit cold turkey at the same time. Oh, you yes. did? Okay, that's So I had cool. a friend to quit with, and we just kind of did our own you thing. You kind of did your own yeah. thing. You, like, rebelled off of it. But that's we awesome. Did. You guys, you kind of did your own yeah. thing. Yeah, you know. 
Um, is she like, do you have a lot of endurance friends who do triathlons and no. running stuff? No. And I know we've talked about this before and it's funny. And I, you know, obviously I have my husband and then I have her and I've had, you know, a couple running groups here and there as I've gone through my running journey. But yeah, it's, it's funny. I went through a period where I felt like I really didn't have anybody and I was kind of missing having people to run with. And I just feel so fortunate to have found this community and it's been amazing. Yeah, that's awesome. I I feel like the same way because I didn't really start running until I was almost done with college. Like all my friends from college were you know, into different things, yep. I guess. Yeah, <laughs> yep, I like my, they were like my fun yes. friends, you know. Oh, yes, I know. But I'm still friends with some of them. But they they look at me, they're like, "Why you're crazy? See, you're actually a and psycho." That's, yes, and that's something I struggle with. Is just I. It's like I have you guys to talk to about it, and my friend and my husband. But a lot of my other friends just they do kind of think I'm crazy, and especially my family, they just kind of roll their eyes at me, and they're like, "Oh my gosh, do yeah, they really?" And I'll be like. <laughs> I'll be like, yeah, I ran 14 miles this morning. And they're just like, what? Like, why? Right. And they just – Yeah, like they don't they understand. They don't understand. And I don't blame them because it is, you know, it's it it's really different. I mean, a lot of people think it's crazy to, you know, run and train for seven hours a week. But it's just, you know, it's a passion. Yeah. And it's, it's – you know, I don't feel like I have to explain it to anybody. I just – and I don't try to talk about it too much. I just – you know, I know that's the hard part is like when they, they ask about it, sometimes people, I feel like they're like, ask about it. And it's like, how much do I share? Uh, yes. I, it sounds like you're a, like a crazy person when you're like, oh yeah, you know, I'm going to do an Ironman. It's like 140 miles. Yeah. And, and it's <laughs> funny because to me, it's so casual and it's nothing, it's not like that. Right. Crazy, but people want to mm-hmm. hear about it because they just think I'm crazy. And I'm right. like, I don't really want to put myself on display in this light. Like, I, right. I don't want to. <laughs> like, it's just normal. Yeah, like, I'm just running, just, you know? Yeah, like, I just don't think it's anything to, like, talk about for hours upon hours. But it's just my life. But I don't know. Right. So it's, like, you have other hobbies, too, yes. you know? I think sometimes people think that's all we oh. do. It's like, oh, I train for Iron Man. Like, this is my life. I have to go to bed at 7 every night. I and know. I can't eat. I can't eat this or I can't eat that and it's like no we're so far from the truth and there's yes there's so many things in my life that aren't dedicated to my training and does it affect my training yes for sure I mean if I go out to get totally my friends does that affect my training yeah probably but it's something but you have to live your life like you're not a professional athlete and that's yeah that's one of the biggest things is sometimes I see people get like or, you know, they get, like, too into it, and then it's such a letdown when, you know, a race doesn't go your way, and you, like, sacrifice so many things, and yes. it's, like, you can't sacrifice every part of your you life. Can't. You have to, like, just look at yourself. You're an athlete for, you know, a small portion of the day. It's not your entire identity. So just, like, enjoy your life. Exactly. Right? I mean, there's going to be things that affect your training negatively, and you just have to look at your life, and you have to look at those things that you're doing that maybe are negatively affecting your training. But if you're not willing to give those up and if those things bring you happiness, then that's fine. And you just have to accept that, that you're not willing to give up those nights with your girlfriends or those wine dates with your husband. Like you, if you, if those, if you enjoy those things and they bring you happiness, then that's fine. And right. it's maybe going to affect your training, but you're an overall probably happier person keeping those things in your life. 
So do that. Yeah, it's all about being like well rounded. Yeah. Totally get what you mean. Because then it's like sometimes you you go out and you do this really long training race or training ride or run, and then like the rest of the day you feel like crap. Right. So it kind of ruins like if you had plans or like if you wanted to go do something. It's like you have to balance that. And if you were to train hard every single weekend out of the year, you know, you might be missing out on other parts of your life. And so that's why for me right now, I'm taking a step back from, I'm not doing, right. you know, like those super long runs. Cause for me, there's like other parts of my life. And I think everyone listening can probably relate to that. Like maybe there's something at your work or a project you want to take on in the yes. community or volunteer work you want to do. And you're not able to do it. Cause you feel like you have to do all this running stuff. But really, if you take a step back, you're not going to lose, you know, no. a ton of fitness, but you might lose out on some of your, your other goals. Right. And you hear it all the time that running will always be there for you. And that, mm-hmm. that's been just a common thread throughout my entire life. Like I've taken a step back and I've always come back to it. And I know that my passion for running will never falter. Like it'll always be there. Um, so I'm always comfortable taking a step back and doing other things because I know it'll always be there. And I'll, I know that I'll always come back to it um, when I need it. Right. So. No. And I love how you're like actually being honest about that too. Cause you know, you, you've trained for your A races and then you do take time off. Like last year you did Boston, but you were just doing it more to complete the right. race. And then you, you did take a like some time oh, off for sure. you know, in the spring. And then you were like, you know what, instead of focusing on a fall marathon, which is what most people would be inclined to do, you wanted to do a half marathon yeah. in the very late October. So you took like seven months right. off of no nothing and you still haven't ran yeah. a marathon. And you, you know? know what, I had so much fun doing that. I had so much fun running 25 to 30 miles a week. I mean, it's great to take that time off and just to run. And you crushed it. And I crushed it. And I, and I, I mean, to this day, that's the most fun training I've ever had. Like half training is amazing because it's, you're not running that many miles and you get to do the speed stuff and it's just fun and you have more time to do other things that you're passionate about. And so, yeah, I would just, I would highly recommend to anybody that's maybe racing a little bit too much and doing a fall and a spring marathon every year. Just think about, you know, maybe taking some time off and you might benefit from it. You know, your race times would probably improve. Totally. And I've been on the opposite end of the spectrum where like I've done, you know, four marathons a year, three years in a row or whatever, you know, and it's, it can be addicting, like signing up for those races because you get that high when yes. you cross the finish line, you want to do another and you want a medal and you want to whatever. I don't know. I know. It's, it's addicting to push yourself, but also like taking a step back and realizing, oh my gosh, like there's so many other things in life and it just makes you appreciate the sport like that. Much it more. really does. And that's the one thing with the Ironman. And I think you'll find this too, as you train for a try, it made me appreciate running that much more. Like I, yep. I don't necessarily think it physically made me a stronger runner, but I think that it mentally made me stronger and mentally made me appreciate running that much more because I, I didn't totally love the biking and the swimming. Um, so to be able to come back and just run, I was just so grateful every day to be able to do that. Right. And just like remembering this is your, your first love in the sport was running. Yes. Yeah. And that'll never go away. And it's just always been a passion of mine and always will be. So. Yeah. That's awesome advice. I love hearing how you've stuck with running. I mean, how many years has it been now? Like, over 12 yeah I've been running since I was in seventh grade so 13 years old yeah 
Yeah. And you definitely are like one of those athletes where everything in moderation yes. and you can have success if you just approach it that Yes, way. exactly. It's just a part of your life. It's not all of your life. Awesome. So if people want to get a hold of you, what is the best way that they can find you? You can find me on Instagram at runforprs.coachmary. And then my email is mary at runforprs.co. Awesome. And I'm going to put that in the notes for anyone who is listening. And we loved hearing all about your Ironman and your Boston journey. So thanks so much for taking the time, Mary. Yes, thanks for having me, Victoria. So nice to talk to you. Yep, you too.